Welcome back to Technically F1. Uh, we have a guest today. We do indeed. Uh, not Kimmy Reichen, as we promised a couple weeks ago, but we do have Amar back. Soon we'll get Kimmy. Close enough, right? Hi, guys. Yeah, exactly. Hello. <laughs> what is new? Not much. Uh, now, first question. Did you watch highlights of the race? I think you'll be pleasantly surprised I did, actually. Excellent. And I watched again earlier today, so I can oh, be great. up to speed on everything. It was actually, it's, I, you know what? It's one of the races I actually wish I could have had time to watch, to be honest. Based yeah. off the highlight highlight reels alone, it looked uh, pretty dramatic and exciting at times. So, yeah, the highlight reel was good. That's for sure. Well, thanks to that massive crash, F one has now just gained over seven million new American fans. Really? Yeah. Well, not, so. that's my guess, but you know, Americans love a crash, as it turns out, because it's pretty know, much what NASCAR is. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say all the NASCAR fans are suddenly going over F one. Exactly. I mean, that's um, why Grosjean's an IndyCar driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, soon enough NASCAR. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Shab Amar, shall we talk about the race start crash and who's at fault? Yeah. Everyone. Everyone's at fault. Uh, Rashab, who I do you think? I don't really so? know. All right, my opinion. Think, yeah, it's hard to say. I, I'm curious for your opinion. I think Bottas started it. Because he hit Norris. Obviously, Norris then hit Verstappen. Mm-hmm. And then Bottas then hit Perez. And Perez hit someone else. Charles or No, 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 Lance? no, no. Because Stroll smashed into Charles just being an idiot. Because no one hit him. He was mm. just doing that all by himself. And then Charles... Yeah, pretty much like Masman. And then, oh, wait a minute. Charles hit Ricardo. Yeah. So a lot of collisions. But I think, because Bottas triggered the entire thing, he's sort of at fault. At least he's at fault for taking the Red Bulls out. Because I don't think well, Norris would have hit either of the Red Bulls. Masman's you... still in, so... Yeah, but he also ran without a side pod or a barge board for that, that entire race. Yeah, he got two points, though. Yeah. It's good, but it's like... You said that you didn't think he did well. Well, I don't. Because he just barely beat Kimmy. And he also he lost to George Russell. He also had half of the car's normal downforce. Like, none of the rear downforce. Half is still better than most of the cars on the grid. No, no, no. Apparently, he had less than the halves. Oh, really? Yeah. Because that's why he was struggling to get past Mick Schumacher for most of the race. I mean, he even bit, beat like, Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, but Ricciardo also had a broken car, apparently. And that's why Kimi overtook him in the slowest car in F1's history. I mean, maybe the Haas is the slowest, but yeah. Alpha's close second. Anyways, Amar, who, um, overall, with that crash, do you think it made the race better or worse? Oh, yeah. I love a good crash. Definitely made things way more interesting. Interesting, That's for yeah. sure. I mean, it could have been an entirely different race, you know, outside of that, not counting the weather, I guess. Yeah. I guess the weird bit was how everyone switched to slicks except for mm-hmm. Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's exactly what I was thinking of just now. I mean, old call there, Cotton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Rashad, I'm pretty sure that's why he lost out in so many positions because he couldn't uh, get a pit stop window between himself and all the other cars. Mm -hmm. So he just lost out massively time wise. Um, Yeah, but also a huge blunder from Mercedes to not know that it was a dry track. Yeah, that's. So he went to 13, 14th place or something after he came in for tires? I'm pretty sure it was close to dead last, if not dead last. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 13th, I think. I'm like, yeah, well, the real again. Yeah, because he stayed Crazy. ahead of one of the Alfa Romeos. But yeah. other than that, everyone else was ahead of him. I mean, you got to say, pretty impressive to work his way up from there. Yeah, very impressive. Although, according to what I've done, I've looked at all the cars that may or may not have damaged. Mm-hmm. There are three cars that definitely have damaged in that, or were definitely damaged in that race. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Alonzo, who had a bit of damage. You had, uh, what's his name? Uh, obviously, Verstappen had damage, and then Ricardo had damage uh, that they raced with, which yeah. made Verstappen and Ricardo obviously slow, and Alonzo. Uh, was a little bit slow on the straightaways. Mm-hmm. So that was the extent of that. But there were also a variety of other cars that possibly had damage, but it's not, can't be confirmed or denied. Yeah. So it's, it, essentially it made the Mercedes look really fast. Sure, sure. So I think if maybe some of them didn't have damage, it would have been more difficult, but yeah. But even still, he did an excellent job. Yeah, for sure. Rashab, do you think it's the, his best race of the season? Um, probably not. I mean, yeah. I think his best race so far was probably Imola, where he worked back from pretty much dead last out of the 20 cars. And then in, what, like 20 laps, got up to second again? Yeah, it's crazy. I think. That has to be, in my opinion at least, the best he's done this season. But again, it, it shows the difference between the midfield and the top three cars. Like, it's such a huge divide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's also just the times that he just wins. Yeah, that's true. There's some impressive wins in that bunch. What were you saying, Amar? No, I was just going to say, I mean, obviously the car, huge piece of technology, but I mean, it's pretty impressive driver's skill to have two races where he works his way up from close to dead last to exactly you know, at least the podium. So, yeah, yeah, good. I mean, again, you tossed any of us in those cars, we would not be able to yep. do that. I don't think I'd complete a lap to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right then. So moving forward in the race, Rashab, again, you said Verstappen. This was not a good race for him. I, mean, I want to get the rationale got, behind that. Barely got two points. Okay. But I don't think he could have done more. Well, I mean, not really, but the best thing would be if he just, like, retired. That's a good point. I guess he probably had internal damage. Yeah. He could have saved the car, I guess. Anyways, um, all right, so we're talking about this. Perez, Rashab, um, 
your beloved driver, what was the reaction when he got taken out? That's tough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, this is what, two races that he's finished almost dead last? Yeah, I'm starting to see a couple of problems. Yes. Like him not winning. Yeah, that's a problem. Well, no, you won one race already, right? Yeah, once. I think it was like, was it this year even? It was this year. So that's two races in his career, but yeah. That's still, isn't that, it's it's not a short career. Okay, he won Azerbaijan. Okay. Yeah. Um, That was interesting. Yeah. Oh, so they've just gone, that's weird. What? What on earth? Oh, no, that's correct. Um, They've just... What they've done is they kept Vettel in on... The, I'm looking at the um, final race results right now. They've kept Vettel on the actual list uh, ahead of Hamilton, even though they put not classified and disqualified in. Which is really odd. I don't know. Is this know. on the website or where? No, this is on the app that I'm reading. I'm getting this on right now. App? On the app. Look, I have the app, okay? Cool guy. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> um, Alright, then. Rashad, like, Verstappen almost got taken out of the race again by Bottas. Is it... Let's just explain to people that it's not obviously a ploy f- by, like, Mercedes to, you know, take the Red Bulls out of the championship. And Amar, can we all please agree that this is not Mercedes trying to take everyone out of the championship? That would be pretty would be. Uh, but I think if they were doing that, Lewis would win. That's true. That's a good point. If they'd done it correctly, Lewis would have won the race. Obviously, they just messed it up. Anyways, maybe they'll get it right next weekend. Anyways. Ocon win. That's an interesting one, Rashad. Um, and Amar as well. What do you think of him winning his first time? I mean, good for him. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I mean, he raced well, so yeah. I have no problem with that. He held off Vettel for quite a while. Yeah, he did. Which was really surprising because I thought the Aston would be a little bit faster than him. But, you know, I guess good on him for keeping ahead of Vettel, especially considering, you know, I imagine Vettel would be a lot cooler under that pressure, but maybe looking at his recent history of all the spins and stuff, maybe not. And then next year, he'll get a Red Bull seat. Who? Ocon. If you say Ocon gets the Red Bull seat, oh, I'm in pain. He's not getting <laughs> that not Red Bull seat. how that seat. works? No. Good race and then... <laughs> I mean, maybe it works that way for Perez, but it's... Ugh. Actually, and now that you mention it, and Vettel, and Verstappen. And Gasly. And Gasly. And Ricardo, and pretty much every Red Bull driver ever. Uh, yeah, okay, you may have a point. <laughs> Amar, overall, what did you think of the race? Well, like I said, I definitely wish I could have actually ca- caught this one. Yeah, in real time, and you know, seen more than just the highlights. But over, I mean, overall, it was, it was an interesting weight race. Had some action in there. A lot of yep. uh, nice overtaking too, which yeah. I like. It looked like a good race. This is what confuses me so much. People say you can't overtake in Hungary, 
But obviously, that's just been completely disproven. You can't yeah. clearly overtake in Hungary. Oh, yeah. So what then confuses me is it almost completely removes this whole question about, oh, these current cars can't overtake. And it actually brings us back to a statement that you made uh, not long ago on, I think, the first podcast you were on with us, which is the drivers just should take more risks if they want to get this overtaking done. Exactly. And I noticed that, at least in the highlight reel, all the overtakes I saw was, well, most of them came down to whoever was being overtaken making a split-second mistake that cost them that position. So it's like racing at the limit. You're under pressure. You make one simple mistake, lock up the brakes for, you know, a hair of a second, and boom. Exactly. You know, so I like to see it. I'm for it. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, Amara, but Rajab and I both reacted to the 2022 F1 car concept release thing. Have you seen that yet? Uh, I remember seeing it, but let me pull it up right now because I remember exactly. Because if this race essentially proves to us that the drivers just need to take more risks, Mm. then this regulation change, all it should do is bring the teams closer together performance-wise. It shouldn't make a tangible difference in overtaking, I don't think, then. Rashad, what do you think? I think the best for overtaking would be, like, smaller cars. That's true. I agree with that. With the the big cars, they take up so much of the track. I mean, yeah. I was watching the Formula 3 support race, or yeah. the highlights of it, and they're so much smaller than the F1 cars. Mm. It's, it's amazing. Even the Formula 2 cars are a lot smaller. So what I'd like to see is someone actually put, like, you know, maybe a mid-2000s car next to a modern car and see the actual size difference. Because oh, yeah. it's so different. I mean, just every proportion. We now have essentially limos with rear wings, whereas then they were, you know, quite small. Yeah, for sure. I think a good comparison would be a Prius next to it. Yeah, that's true. You're right. We never see road cars next to F1 cars except for the safety car, of course. Definitely dwarfs them. Yeah. I do like the uh, aero disc looking wheels. Yeah, very 2008-esque in my opinion. Yeah. Which was, you know, great era. Yeah, I'm for it. So overall, what do you think of the cards? Well, I don't hate it right okay. off the bat. Um, it's very interesting. It's a pretty evolutionary design, I would say. So nothing yeah. terribly radical. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like the Alpine uh, concept looks pretty damn good. The paint job that F1 showed is a bit weird, especially considering yeah. how terrible it looks in the light. Uh huh. But the actual car itself, I think, looks all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the best looking F1 car, not the worst. No. I still think we're making an improvement. I oh, yeah. Like yeah, definitely. Yeah, Rashab, so now the nose is actually connected to the front wing. This is the lowest nose you can get. Hmm. Uh, did you see the one that I sent you, the. Uh, I believe I did it during last podcast. Yeah, you did it during last podcast. That is cursed, that picture. Okay, that took me like five minutes. Well, obviously, because you must have just deleted some lines and put some more on in other areas. (laughs) I'm sorry, that is one of the weirdest looking F1 cars I've ever seen. Amar, I'll have to send you it post-podcast. Rashab redesigned the car that I designed 
uh, last podcast, and it, it looks very odd. Anyways. Should be um, to see. Yeah. As we go into the summer break, which, yes, this is why we're having a moron right now, so we can make our predictions later on today um, for what's going to happen, you know, later on this season. Mm-hmm. As we're going into the summer break, uh, Rashab Anamar, question for both. Um, do you think Red Bull is still faster than Mercedes? Well, I don't know what I don't know what kind of authority I am on the topic. I would ask who who has the better standings from the season, which I don't know off the top of my head either. All right, I can say that right now. Red Bull took out of the last six races five of the wins. Pretty evident then, in my opinion. Yeah. Or am I crazy? I don't know. No, I don't think you're crazy because. Rashad, starting with Perez and Baku, they had five back-to-back wins. Yeah, but the thing is, the last couple of races, they haven't done so well. Well, it's... I think part of the reason that they dropped so many points was the fact that Perez wasn't there, or he wasn't where he was in Austria. Because in Austria, he was right up next to Verstappen for most of the races. Or close enough. Mm. He was doing the sort of the support role that they hired him to do. Whereas now, obviously, he's had bad luck, you know, the last two races, uh, getting sort of hit by Kimmy um, later on, and then also in the last race, and then this one getting plowed into by Lando Norris. But no matter, I still think, you know, bad luck or not, it's not just for Stappen at fault for the point loss. Or am I crazy? Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I think it'll probably pass at some point, and they'll go back to being on top. Yeah, from what I can see, I still think there's no evidence, or at least not to me at least, that the Mercedes car is in any way faster mm-hmm. than the Red Bull's car. Because going into this season, and going off of what Adrian Newey said, you know, I've, I've done, I've scoured the internet for anything he said about this year's car. <laughs> and I, I found that he says it's close to last year's car in downforce-wise, which means they didn't have a loss, whereas Mercedes is a loss. So that essentially means they're better in the corners. And on the straightaways, Honda made an engine improvement. So to me, at least, there's no... Mercedes just isn't faster. And then that brings up the question, is Verstappen focused or not? Gustav, what do you think about that one? Um, well, it's hard to tell. Okay. <laughs> I can <All> right. hear. <laughs> In that case, moving on quickly. Um, <laughs> so then, Rashad, what do you think is the difference here? Is it just Hamilton selecting another gear and moving up a notch, or is it actually that the car is slower? The Red Bull. What do you think? Don't know. Okay. Next, I mean, there's, a, there's a lot to consider. Yeah, uh, factored, right? I mean, it's not just the car, but the drivers, and then True. Like, I mean, each race is different, obviously. So it's hard to just pin it down to like this car is inherently faster than that one. I think you need a lot more of like head-to-head testing to kind of deduce that, right? Yeah. Good point. Rashab, if I go off times here, Verstappen here, 
uh, in qualifying for Hungarian Grand Prix, in Q2, he set a 1 minute 15.6. And in Q3, the final bit of qualifying, he set a 1 minute 15.8. So he's slower in Q3 when normally you make a 3 to 5 tenth of a second gain in that. So if we assume that within that car, it was maybe possible for a 1 minute 15.3 or a 1 minute 15.2. I still, what do you think about that? I mean, obviously it was slower from Q2 to Q3, which is odd. I've not seen that in a really long time, but what do you think? There's like a lot of factors that could go into that. So yeah, it's a bit hard to tell. Maybe he was like unfocused, but it could also just be the car. Yeah. Also, something that I've heard brought up a lot recently is the um, the Pirelli tires. They changed spec recently at the beginning of the season. Obviously, the drivers have had time to you know get back and relearn the tires. But is it also possible that they get or they got slightly caught out by the tires? I mean, if you change anything, it takes some time to get adjusted, so yep. probably. I mean, Rashad, we can be honest here. We know that Pirellis are not the most durable tires that F1's ever had. Definitely not yeah. the best. Um, I mean, even Hamilton's been caught out by it. What was it? Last year's British Grand Prix where he had an explosion at the tire, right? Yeah, but what's the big difference between the new one and the old one? Like, Well, Pirellis say this year's tire is much better. It sacrifices time <laughs> performance for maximum durability in any Formula One tire. This is, of course, coming from Pirelli, and it probably means very little. Um, but that's what they say. So maybe that might be a problem for the Red Bull. True, maybe. the tires. Sacrificing speed. Yep, that could be it. Also, if we go through the previous races, which I have not done, I haven't done any research on this yet. I'll have to do it later. But... um. And we see which tires the Red Bull was fastest on over that time. If they're winning races when the tires are generally trending toward harder or softer compounds, I'll do the research for next week's podcast to see what happens there. But, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Anyways, shall we do some predictions? Let's. Alrighty. Rashad. Predictions for the second half of the season? It's crazy to think that we still have half the season left. There's definitely going to be a winner. Well, yep. That, that is... I think that's that's a pretty safe one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless there's, you know, constant red flags before lap one. I'm pretty sure... I actually, even then, I'm pretty sure they can call a winner. What if all the cars DNF? Like, I think the last one to DNF wins. I don't know. What if they all crash into each other? Like Spa, uh, what was it? I think 1999 or 1998. It's one of those. That's a good point. And what if they can't restart the race? You bring up a very good point. There must be one car. If they did that now, there must be one car that could probably get moving again. Right? The pace car? Well, yeah, that maybe the safety car wins. Burt Mylander. I have a hot uh, take. First F1 win. All right, go ahead. 
Um, not so much a prediction, but a suggestion to the Formula One organizer folks. Oh, yes, please go ahead. And uh, a sort of like all-star game, right? Like you have yes. football and whatnot, but yes. it's like – so basically the way the race goes is you have all the cars in the field, but every driver has to drive a different car other than their regular car. Oh, that would be really good. So you put the people in the slowest cars or wait, no, what if you just reversed, you did that, how'd everyone qualify in the cars that they normally qualify in? And then you reversed yes. that. Anything, anything, anything would okay. be amazing. I would even do like a Le Mans start with, um, cars cloaked in like a car cover, and then everyone just runs to pick a car. Yeah, and covers him like, wow, okay, this is my car. I guess for the race, I'd watch that. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Put Lewis Hamilton behind the wheel of the Haas. Yes. Yeah, and Kimmy behind the wheel of the Ferrari. Exactly. He'd <laughs> like to be back. <laughs> I think that'd be the first Ferrari driver to ever go back to Ferrari three times. Thanks. That's yeah. telling. Yeah. Exactly. In a way, he'd be going from Ferrari to Ferrari. That's a good point, because Alfa Romeo basically is junior Ferrari. Yeah. Sure. It's a weird one. Alfa Romeo is trying to tell us right now, Rashad, that their car is somehow faster than the Williams, yet I think the points are saying otherwise. I mean, that wouldn't be surprising, though. I mean, the Williams just have, no offense to Kimi, but better drivers. Or a better driver. George Russell. Yeah. Or at least I think a driver in a better stage of his career. I think yes. Kimmy in his prime could beat Russell, but not now. Well, definitely. I mean, he was a world champion. Yeah. I mean, until Russell gets the championship, there's absolutely no question at all that they could match up even closely. But, you know, obviously when he gets to the Mercedes drive next year, uh, he'll have the championship in three minutes. Anyways. All right. Uh, in that case, shall we continue other talking about other things of F one? Rashab, any other topics before I've got some? Uh, no ideas. What? Your topics. Oh, okay. My topics. All right. So we talked about um, uh, what was it? Uh, we talked about the twenty twenty two F one car. If you could have, if you could design your own F one car, what would it look like? Low nose. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Low nose. Fiat Multipla. Yes. Imagine that. Big old wing on it. It's been done. It. Oh, that would be great. Think about that. Very little downforce. Very little for anything mm-hmm. to go wrong. I mean, just GT racing, but in multiples. Rashad, do you know what's been done? I know. Rashad, you know what that one looks like, right? It is a tragic looking car, but I like it, actually. Oh, okay. It's the best looking car of all time. Um It's the best looking ugliest car ever made. Yes. Why does that look like a mini minivan? It's a people carrier. Yes. It's it was popular back in the day. My only thing that I don't like about it is the second row of lights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everything else is okay, right? Second row of lights. Third row. I don't see a third row. 
I'm oh my sure god, there's top one. Oh, all middle. right. <laughs> third row then. Call it the third row. They should try making a remake of that though. That would be really cool. Oh my god. I just found a picture that someone grafted the new M4 front clip onto a Fiat Multipla. Wait a minute, I've got to find this. And it's bad. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. That's the ugliest car ever. That's that's tragic. Oh. One car is sitting inside of another car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's literally like it's you can obviously tell it's Photoshop, but it's like it's almost as if they photoshopped two cars, which is exactly what they've done. But it's oh, I get what your shop's saying. It's and there's one that to look is at. two cars. Uh, it's not the M4 grill, but it's a BMW grill, and there's a grill on the bottom part and then another grill on the top part. Yeah, I'm looking at one right now, which is an Alfa Romeo Stelvio stacked on an Alfa Romeo Stelvio. (laughs) There's so many great edits of it. I'm looking at one that has a Ferrari symbol on it. Uh, It's a multiple, I think. I'm looking at a Fiat multiple that has a Ferrari engine in it. Why? Why not? The one that has fire squirting out of it. Oh, okay. No, it's not that one. I guess why not? Yeah, that really is the question. Why not? So Fiat Multiple Racing, that's that's the way forward. That's what we found. Um, in that case, Rashab, is it time for our favorite topic? Almost. There's also um, an 812 Multiple. 812. Wait, that's the Ferrari. Okay. Let's see. I got to see this. 812. Oh, oh that's interesting. I kind of like Oh, it. yes. <laughs> I don't know why I like that, but I sort of like it that. <laughs> I shouldn't it. like it. It's just because it's a Ferrari. Yeah. That's so bad. Mm, I shouldn't like that. You need some eye bleach now, please. Multiple <laughs> one day. That's the one that needs eye bleach, not the basic multiple itself. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Like oh my god, I've just seen the multiple with the cabriolet on it. That is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, the cabriolet is bad. Agreed. Oh my god. But you god. know what you know what's worse than that multiple itself? The facelift what? one where they try to make it look normal more normal because it just looks worse to me. I don't know. Let's see here. Multiple face lift. You it just looks ugly. droopy and sad. Oh, yeah. Oh, so... Oh. Because that would just look bad. No, no, it's it worse, had, like, some charm. You're right. It, it's it's all sad-looking. Yeah. You know what's ugly, but you just can't help liking? What? The Renault Twizy. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't like it, but it's... it's yeah. A cute nice. car. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know it's what to somehow say, quite but... charming. Anyways... Um, oh, actually, speaking of that, speaking of cars that we um, shouldn't be interested in, Rashab, I recently saw a video uh, explaining the Devil 16 and how it is real. It isn't real. I wasted really? 15 minutes of my life while listening to someone tell me that that car is real. It isn't. Really? Yeah, they never made one, have they? No, they haven't made one that actually works. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm looking at it right now. It just doesn't look real. It's been a hot minute since I've even heard that car mentioned, so... Well, not only that, it's been developed since 2006. It's not actually got any relevant technology in it. 
That's so weird, stupid. though. It looks like a P1 mixed with, like, a Ford GT. Yeah. Yeah, with, mixed with a Huayra or something. Yeah. yeah. The weird bit of it, I'm looking at this. I think it must have active arrow at the rear wing because it almost looks as if there's a cutout for a rear wing. But that bit of active arrow is nowhere near enough to keep its quoted 500 or 5,000 horsepower on the ground. Sure. Also, so 5,000 horsepower, it does not have that. How heavy is it? It must be massive. Yeah. Also, why the massive exhausts? Yeah. Also, 300, 300 miles an hour. I don't even think they make tires that can go that fast yet. Maybe they do. Yeah. I don't know. No, because the, the Bugatti the Bugatti did it, but it also tore the tires to shreds in minutes. No. It would take way too long for this thing to actually reach 300 miles an hour. The tires would be destroyed before then. Well, like, imagine stop. if you put Pirelli F1 tires on this car. They would be destroyed in seconds. It goes for putting Pirelli tires on anything, though. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the weird thing is, like, obviously they claim that this thing makes 5,000 horsepower, but it just doesn't, and that's such a ridiculous number for horsepower. How did they get to that? What kind of engine do they even have? I don't even know if they've released the facts about that or not. I'll have to look at that. Rashab, do you have any info on that? Uh, no. But you know what else is also quite interesting? What? The SSC Tuatara. That's also supposedly going the three at hundred miles an hour. But it didn't, didn't it? It was it just never like never did. It was like two hundred and fifty or something. It was so slow. Yeah, but it's supposed to at some point. Oh, maybe it'll be able to do it when there's a wind behind it or something. I don't know. Ugh, it's yeah, that's one of those cars that it probably cost a lot of money to make the mock-up or the real scale version of it. But it's just it wasn't worth it. Not the um the Tuatara, the uh, Devil Sixteen. But Rashad, what do you think of the um, Koenigsegg Jesko, a car that actually works? I was just gonna I mention prefer the Jamira. Really, you prefer the four-door people carrier? Not bus, but you know. it's not a four door, it's two door, but the doors are really long. Okay, all right, the long door. If I could ever afford a supercar, it would be the Agera RS. Oh, really? I would go for the Agera R. That one always looked better to me. Does? I mean, they both look good to me. Yeah. I just want to go fast. Exactly. Have yeah, the Jamera's cool, but the cam, though. It is a dash cam. The Jumeirah dash cam is just, like, hovering. Oh. So yeah. you can uh, see who's at fault in the world's most expensive car crash. Yeah. Probably not the most expensive, I mean... Well, right, now, when someone not... inevitably crashes Lava Nar, that would be the most expensive car crash. But until then... Isn't there one more expensive than that? Yeah, there probably is. There's that Ferrari that sold for, like, $50 million. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the Jumeirah, though, it's like, it looks like you can fit your whole, like, pit crew in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sick. Probably can. Um, all right. Rashad, I was texting you a lot last week talking about the Lunas Bentley. Um, and that is an electric Bentley that is, or not originally an electric Bentley, but an old Bentley that has been turned electric. Um, what do you think of cars like that? Older cars that are turned electric. 
I think they should have just left it as a gas-powered car and called it good. I agree, but I also think it's cool that it's getting a new lease of life. I would agree. I mean, it's one of those cars that S1 that they actually did was probably sitting in a barn somewhere. Mm-hmm. Unless it was getting really good care taken of it. I mean, if that is what they've done with their nice Bentley S1, that's not a school. But as long as it was one sitting in a barn, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I would say if it, if it was a project to begin with, that's yeah. cool. It was a it nice running example from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, my question is, what are they doing with the actual engine itself? Because Bentley engines like that are incredibly rare. If they're just scrapping it, I mean, that seems very wasteful to me, especially considering, like, what happens when somebody who owns a gas version of it, their engine breaks? Like, they, that could be a useful spare. Coffee table, though. Yeah, that's a good point. What they do that on Top Gear where they had an engine, right? Yeah, out of the, yeah. I think out of the their, that nine two eight from the Porsche special or something. Oh yeah, yeah, they took all the bits off of it and made yeah. it into furniture. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Luna's Rolls Royce though. Luna's Rolls Royce, really old one. Yeah, that I think is a bit nicer looking. I don't know whether it's the proportions or the wheels or what it is. It just looks so sleek. Exactly. In my yeah, that's slightly better in my opinion than the Bentley. But the Bentley's still very cool. I guess the Bentley just has much bigger wheels. It makes it look small. But the Rolls also has a massive hood. Yeah, I mean, it's probably. Oh wait, I suppose it's not a V twelve or whatever anymore. The interesting thing about it is, I guess now that it's fully electric, you could probably put luggage in there. Oh yeah. That would be a battery. Oh yeah, that would be a bit of a waste of space. Oh, they also make a Range Rover, an original model Range Rover. That's cool. That's really cool. Might actually work. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay, so the interiors are not original year or original model interiors. So they change those. That's some of those cars are really old. No, I know, but that's. I guess it's probably better in some ways. Ew, that Range Rover is ugly. Well, it's the original Range Rover. Some people like it. Wait, the green one or the which one? The green one, yeah. Oh, wait, is it. Oh, wait, that's older. Okay, never mind. I thought it was the ugly one. Which one? Uh, the multiple? No, um, not just kidding. No, it's like a. It's kind of. Like an old Range Rover, but it's not that old. Okay. It's like a neon green. All right, then. Uh, and then in that case, I was also texting you about the new Singer Porsche. Amar, what do you think of the Singer Porsches? Uh, yeah, I want all of them. There's, but, uh, yeah, it's such you're a pretty car. You're talking about the uh, electric one? No, I was talking about, I think it's called the DLS. That's definitely gas. I didn't know they made an electric one. I think they did, didn't they? Oh, maybe that was the one on well, top I mean, I on other, like, rest of my project, but... Um... Yeah, I was looking at the one here that's, um... Oh, yeah, I'm an idiot. It's okay, disregard. No, 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 because... <sighs> I feel like for a Porsche 911, that would be a little bit more sacrilegious... If it they would be. did. 
that's a one point eight million dollar one, right? Yeah, that's really expensive. If you're doing that, you might as well just double the amount and get a five fifty. Five fifty Marinella? No, five fifty spider. Oh, okay. Wait a minute, which one's that one? Um, it's like the really old one. In the fifties, I think they're all old. Are they not? Uh, it's one from the nineteen fifties. Uh, I don't think it's from whatever singer, but well, I imagine it isn't. It isn't. Uh, I know that much. Oh, you mean the Porsche? Yes, the Porsche. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very nice. It's also very small. Yeah, what are you guys talking about? Uh, Porsche five fifty. Oh. It's not like three million. Yeah, it's very expensive. Yeah, that's a dream car. Yeah, this would be cool. Anyways, I think Rashab, it might be time for our favorite segment of this show, which is planes. Mm-hmm. All right then. Now, Amar, since the last time we talked, I don't think we talked about the fact that United placed a massive order for seven thirty-seven Maxes. For the eights, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That excites me because it's almost every week that I'm having to remind Rashab that the Max is not a death machine. Uh, I'm quite sure it isn't. Anyways. Uh, Very few have actually crashed, to be fair. Yeah, only two. Yeah, I think those are yeah. Were they massive crashes? They were kind of big, a little bit, yeah. Well, I think the Concorde has a worse reputation than the Max, or at least it yeah. should. Cause... I think it just they people have a bad perception perception because in the day in the the information age where you know, yeah. or rather the misinformation age, people will get you know, yeah, bad bad vibes and everything about um. You know what stuff happening in the world, so I think the the max the danger of the max was grossly overplayed. So, which but like a, they're flying yeah. daily these days, and like people haven't been been batting an eye. So I know people more often kick off about actually being on a plane than being on a max. Yeah, yeah. All these people I saw a couple months ago uh, saying that oh they would boycott the max or they wouldn't fly on it, and the same people didn't even notice when they were on one. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they they would they're clueless. Exactly. Sure. No one really cares what plane they're on. Exactly. They say they Very care, but they really do. don't. Yeah. As long as it's comfortable enough and it gets them to A to B. Right. But it. it uh, but yeah, TVs like the new. In a plane. What about TVs in a plane? It should be TVs in a plane. Agreed. Yeah, it's sort of a necess- or necessity. Yeah, but the new ones come with uh, like the big old screen, and you can like Bluetooth your headphones to them and everything. They're pretty nice. Yeah, that's definitely a step way past Alaska. We're, yeah. It's sort of in the dark ages there of, like, personal TVs mm-hmm. that they give you, except because it's COVID, they don't give you them. So it's just really odd with them. Wow. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't be complaining because, you know, it's a plane in general, and most people can't afford to fly on them right now. But yeah, anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. Any other United news, or can we go to planes in general? Nothing, nothing new from United. Seems to right. them along. Excellent. How's the rebound being with all the travel? That's, I mean, it's absolutely wild. So it's kind of funny because when I first started my job out here at Dulles, 
Because um, as you might imagine, I go back to Chicago like pretty much every weekend. Right. And back back when I first started like going back, back and forth, um, I used to be able to. So basically there's like two different kinds of like standby travel. You could do regular pass travel or you could do like this type of pass travel that puts you on the bottom of the priority list. But if you get first class, it's completely free, right? Exactly. So I used to be able to do that free standby for first class and not even have to think twice about getting a first class seat. Okay. The plans are that empty. And now basically since May, I've been having to like vacation pass. When you vacation pass, it pushes you up on the, on the priority list. Right. And you also get free uh, first class if you do get it. Okay. But I've been having to do that pretty much every trip I do. I go back and forth. So wow. I started out with like 20 passes and I'm down to my last six, I think. Just in like two months alone. So That's crazy. I know. Travel's picked up, man. It's getting cre- harder and harder to get on a on a flight for free anyway. But um, yeah. it's good for business. So yeah, It is good, I guess. All right. Plan. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rashab and I talked about, I think it was last week, it's Russia's new fighter jet, the Checkmate. The Checkmate? That's good. It's a ridiculous name, and it's actually only going to cause a stalemate in warfare, uh, plane warfare. But, um, yeah, it was very very overhyped, I think, because it's a bit of an F-35 clone. Yeah. As always. That's kind of the flavor of the past eternity anyway people are just copying each other so exactly but i mean whatever we'll see we'll see what happens with that are they actually putting it into production anytime soon i think this one they're actually serious about unlike the last one where it took them an eternity Uh, yeah fair enough um yeah i mean even then it's not as if we're actually going to go to war anytime soon so it's like it's obviously it's cool that these planes exist and they're right. pushing the their limit but you know like it's not as if we're going to war with russia anytime soon fully no nah, i mean yeah it'd be a major paradigm shift in global politics if we get to that point for sure exactly biden has got to say some pretty stupid stuff for us to get to war yeah i'm pretty sure he's intelligent enough to not do that Anyways, I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> I mean, at least he's uh, more intelligent uh, than Trump to at least not poke the bear. <laughs> right. Anyways, have you been watching much of the Olympics, Amar? Oh, uh, here and there, like just because you know during during work we have a TV where we have it on, so that's really been my exposure to it. Nice. And lots of ups and downs I've seen with like the Team USA, but. It's been interesting, though. So yeah. Far. Now, Rashad, correct, Rashad, correct me if I'm wrong here. Simone Biles has left the U.S. gymnastics team. Ah, uh, yeah, I thought so. Okay, but then I didn't she, think she left. She just didn't want to compete per se. Um, give me a minute. <laughs> oh, bye bye. All right. So what I have here, I just looked it up. Uh-huh. Is um. She left the team, but she also competed by herself in an event, wherein that she won part of it. Mm-hmm. So it sounds as though it's not as if she's lacking in talent. Sorry, yeah. Out. No, it's all right. Anyways, um, yeah, we we're just saying it, 
it sounds as if she won an event solo. So it's not as if she's lacking in any talent. Confusing. Anyways, I won't comment much more on that. Uh, Any other Olympic events? Uh, Nothing I can think of. All right. That was shocking or anything like that. Yeah. I think Olympic standardized go-karting, where everyone gets a standardized go-kart, has got to be a thing soon. Thank you. I was just telling my coworkers the other day, I'm like, there needs to be some sort of auto racing involved. Exactly. And you're like, that's just like a, that's just like a test of machines, not people. I'm like, racing is pretty much, is very much a physical and mental sport, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I I mean, mean, skateboarding. Ah, that's a weird one. Skateboarding. That's now an Olympic sport. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it deserves to be an Olympic sport. I think it's a great sport, but I don't know it, about an Olympic. It's cool, but I think it's judged by points given by, you know, judges and stuff. I don't think it's actually yeah. like – I don't think there's any objective per se other than to get the most there's points. There's only quantitative like results. Right, exactly. Can okay. you argue the same thing about like gymnastics, for example? You can, but there's some criteria, I think, there, like stuff you can't do. Whereas in skateboarding, I'm pretty sure the worst thing you can do is just fall off, right? Yeah, true. I assume so, at least. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's pretty bad, but, you know, still. Right. I mean, I think it would be painful to fall. Yeah. You bet. Anyways. Yeah, quickly looping back to go-karting needing to be an Olympic sport. I think it's one of those things where people don't think it's that much of a physical sport, but I've done it on and off, you know, for the past couple uh-huh. months. And like, you are tired by the end of it. For sure. It's, it's an interesting one there. Anyways, shall we go back to planes quickly? Yes. Cause I just pulled this up. The A350 is now going to have a freighter. That's interesting. It's the first Airbus freighter since 2014, apparently. Uh, and they're trying to take market share from Boeing. Wasn't that plane kind of designed a lot around like comfort for passengers and whatnot? Yeah, and, um, I don't think of... it was originally designed for that. Very similarly to how the A three eighty was never designed for it. Yeah, sure. They might struggle with it because I don't think they've ever, in the last pe- ten years at least, have not designed any plane around cargo in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. see how that one plays out. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think they're going to take much market share from Boeing because they didn't the last so. time. Like, maybe some people will prefer their operating system and, you know, how they how their planes run. But other than that, right. I mean, we spoke I, yeah, about I, it. I mean, there's, there's companies still flying like DC-10s around and whatnot, so yeah. I don't know. We spoke about it last time, how the A350 is probably the most advanced passenger plane at mm, the moment. Yeah. But... I don't think that's enough for any cargo carrier to feel the need to jump off the edge and buy one. I think they'd be kind of crazy to buy one, to be honest. I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. I mean, even a you know base model or a you know, used one's a lot of money, but a brand new cargo one is just it's a lot of money. I don't even know You're what that price would be. Like a used car, like <laughs> I mean, it's got yeah. sat nav, sunroof. <laughs> Exactly, it's got everything, fully loaded. Yeah, plus like ten bathrooms. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That too. 
10 bathrooms and about 270 seats or probably more than that. Right. You can sell them on the Ebays though. Exactly. You can probably find them on Ebay. Oh, you'll never believe what I found recently is an Ebay listing. Please tell Close to Concordia. Wow. Yeah. The actual the full-size actual boat. Yeah. I assume I... it's a troll and they're not actually trying to sell me for £5.50 at the Costa Concordia. But, but that's a very interesting one. And if it was seriously for sale, you know, yeah. it would be kind of funny to own. Next thing that's going to be for sale is um, the Space Needle on eBay. Yeah, but it hasn't fallen over yet. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine it will fall over. Anyways, I'm not going to jinx unlikely. it. Yeah. Anyways. Final topic before we um uh have to go or oh we don't have to go at any point but you know anyways final topic or maybe more uh <laughs> Miami Grand Prix and what do you think about that more Grand Prix less Grand Prix do you think it's a good thing that we have Miami Grand Prix this is like the surface street road course it's completely flat yeah I don't know I'm not. I don't know. I wouldn't be interested in any kind of race, let alone F1. So, my two cents. I feel bad for any of the fans that go there. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you'll really be able to see the cars that much because they'll be either cornering quickly or just on long straightaways. Yeah, that sounds kind of boring. It's obviously, you know, we want more races, but we also. I don't know. It it hits me weird because it's like it's not the sort of race that we need. There's so many great tracks that already exist. And plus, it's not really the I mean, those aren't really the places that you want the Europeans to see. Exactly. In Texas and Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like putting a racetrack in Majorca. Like, what would be the point? What do you guys think about a, a race though in Chicago that uh, goes along Lakeshore? Um, probably from like the north part of the city through downtown, some uh, some road or like going through the streets, perhaps. I think that'd be kind of fun to watch, to be honest. I'm all for that because it's got water in it. It would yeah. probably not. It doesn't remind me of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, but it would remind me a bit of Monaco. Mm. The only Monaco, thing yeah. is, yeah, the car or not the cars, the racetrack itself would have to be sort of wide. Mm-hmm. To have any sort of overtaking. True. How many lanes are the roads by that? I mean, at the widest on Lakeshore, it's like three or four lanes across, I think. My memory serves me right. Okay, so it's definitely wide enough to have some good racing there, then. I would say so. The suspensions would be blown apart in the first lap, I think, though. Like, how bad the roads are. Interesting. That, that just adds to the fun, I think. Exactly. You know, in <laughs> practice one, if you see Hamilton spinning off at 150 miles an hour because the suspension inverted itself. That would be a bit bad on the, on a lake shore. No, it's really pretty. I've been there. It's quite nice. I know, but if he ends up in a lake. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Well, they'll well, have barriers. Just, to stop you have that. to get out quick. That's it. I mean, yeah, it's not rocket science over here. It's a good point. Really? It's, it's a lot simpler than you think. Well, Anyways, <laughs> Anyways, uh, actually, I was wrong. There's another topic. Uh, Dan Tictum has just been fired by Williams. 
So he's their development driver, and he's been a bit of a hothead in the past. Uh, Williams has just fired him. Why? Um, apparently, he called Nicholas Latifi on a live stream in front of 10,000 people a pay driver. Okay. Um, it's true, but I guess that's not what you want to say at this point. I don't is know. Is there like, another reason, or is that it? I guess I'm pretty sure that's it. It's kind of odd. Uh, that's a... Did they just like, not like him or something? Well, I mean, it's not great if your driver's getting called a pay driver, but, you know. I mean, it's not as if Nicholas Latifi's a bad driver. There have been pay drivers that are much worse than him. Maspin. Um, But, no, no, even in, you know, before that, there were much worse pay drivers. I think calling him that, like an insult for an F1 driver, I don't know. Amar, what do you think? I have to go. I don't even. I don't even know. To be honest, this is all you guys. All right, um, uh, Rashad, you got to go. Yeah. Oh, all right. Bye. Then. Cool. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Last time, Amar, we finished off the podcast by um, talking a little bit about road cars. Any in particular new ones that you want to talk about? Hmm. Let me think on that for a hot sec. All right then. Uh, I don't know. Oh, well, I did. I did. Um, my coworker, very random, bought the new Wrangler four by E, and so I was kind of like examining that a little bit yesterday after work. I kind of like it to be honest. And then I watched the video of some dudes like off roading it, and they were able to get like, now granted it was like rocky trail and everything, but they were able to do four miles off road in pure electric. Wow! And they did not struggle at all. Hey, this is kind of cool and then i also read that jeep is installing these um some are like connected to the grid some are totally solar charging stations at like a bunch of trailheads it's like the famous you know moab trail and right trail um so people can charge up their rigs and everything i thought that's pretty cool because the future ultimately is going to be electric so i think the sooner we can start supporting electric vehicles off-road to do some overlanding and whatnot i think that'd be ideal because I think they're inherently um, in a better position off-roading because, like, the insane torque and, you know, you can put a motor on each wheel and not have to deal with, like, drive shaft, differential yeah. clearance and all that. I think yeah, it's promising, it's promising future for sure. But anyway. It's a – in my opinion, it's a brilliant idea to go electric. It's yeah. surprises me that they haven't done it before now. Right, exactly. So they're kind of broaching the, the market to see like how it how something like that would sell. Now, granted, a lot of people who buy Jeeps or pavement princesses and whatnot, like his will be. Yeah. But for a lot of people, like for him, like the commute is his commute to and from work fits within that electric range of like twenty something miles. So it's like, hey, I mean, if you're just like putting around town, it's not the worst possible investment, I guess. But what's the uh, what's the range? It's it's like just under thirty miles, I think, pure electric. Okay. And it's like um, fully charged up and like in the hybrid mode, it'll do like forty something miles to the gallon, estimated, some shit like that. Forty so, mpgs is really good for. Yeah. Uh, I it has to be better than the normal one. Oh, of course, yeah, it's at least double. But uh, you know, once that electric 
battery dies. dies they kind of like you know tanks significantly go figure but right how yeah. so i wonder it being a plug-in hybrid then it must mm-hmm. not um it must not have um an onboard recharge that can recharge the battery it does have some some form of regenerative like breaking. breaking so i don't okay. i don't think it's nearly as significant as like most other electrics or hybrids are but um better than nothing i guess i don't know it probably helps with not depleting the battery as much not so much recharging it is my yeah. assumption so but anyway that thing is kind of cool it made, made me think a lot about katie's current jeep and which yeah. i love and i'm getting ready to do some suspension work and everything on it to keep it on the road for another you know however however many long years so nice thing is a tank i love it but anyway that's kind of, i don't know nothing else is really like striking me as oh i need this or i want this i mean i'm looking at paying off my gti in the next year and i'm like do i want to live without payments for quite some time because the car is going to be bulletproof for a long time or do i want to upgrade to something and i just don't know what that would be so i'm kind of in a dilemma it's but, an interesting one yeah the gti is a bulletproof car i know especially it being german and all but beyond exactly. that it's its reputation is pretty much flawless for sure and it's gonna last me i think a lifetime if i take care of it but the thing is like do i want to maybe upgrade to an r because that would be kind of fun yeah, that was the thing that I was just about to mention. Mm-hmm. If you want to stay with golf, the logical next step, I think, is a golf R. It has to be, right? But I don't then know how much of a price step up that is because I know it's all-wheel drive. Right. It's I significant because okay. it starts at, like, I think I think close to 40, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, like, wow. pretty significant because yeah, I got mine definitely- for 24, so... There's a there's a big price gap. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't buy a brand new one. That's for sure. I'd get one that's kind of no, pretty no. Good, but I don't know. We'll see. But what Final you, thing, yeah. A uh, quick thing I was going to ask: When did you get your GTI? Was it pre or during Dieselgate? Uh, I think it was right before actually. Which, like, seeing how that played out, I wish I actually got a diesel because that would have been pretty sweet. Um, yeah, just, like go through that process and like get it bought out and then i know a lot of people bought them out or rather like let the dealers buy them back or whatever the heck exactly happened yeah and then the market was like totally destroyed so they bought them back again for like a stupid cheap price and then just right, did, exactly. like, some tunes and whatever and the car was back to like how it was even after all the emission fixes but no i got my gti in 2016 brand okay. new so, yeah we got our golf wagon in late 2016 right as dieselgate mm-hmm. took over yeah so that was the only that's what we used to negotiate it down was oh, okay dieselgate smart tactical yeah. maneuver exactly. these are great cars like i don't so know so good they're, they're just they fit such a good niche of like because even a regular golf is exciting and fun to drive Oh, and, yeah. you know, engaging and looks good and all that. And then, you know, let alone the higher performance models, but they're just good cars. Can't go wrong. Exactly. But yeah. What, what are you looking forward to out of car cars? There is um, a car that I was absolutely attached to a couple of years ago was the Bentley Grand Limousine. <laughs> okay. 
Obviously, that's far too expensive to actually own and radically impractical because it's a limo. Dang but, cool, though. Very cool. And Bentley is making another one. So even though the Mulsanne is dead, uh-huh. they're making five final one-off Mulsanne Grand Limousines. Oh, okay. As a, a final send-off, even though they've already done the final send-off in the W.O. Bentley edition Mulsanne's. Right, right, right. Gotcha. So what that reminds me of, which is the final where I think I'm going to end the podcast, is um, yeah. uh, it reminds me of the Pagani Zonda because that was a car they just couldn't kill off. No. They had so many special editions after they said it was done. I mean, they're just milking the market because they know they can. And exactly. Like, you know, in a capitalist sense, I guess that's perfectly fair and totally normal to do, but it's kind of annoying as like a, you know, well, not, I want to say consumer, but more like armchair consumer because I'll never be able to afford one of those. Right. Um, I just like to see progression in model lineups and whatnot, you know. Yeah, it's a weird one because they're going to do the same thing with the, with the Huayra any day now mm-hmm. because yeah. they've gotten to the point where the Huayra is great, but it's also becoming outdated, it's dated, outdated as yeah. a car. I think it was, what, 2015 when they launched it? Maybe earlier. Something even. like that, yeah. So it's any day now they're just going to start releasing special editions of it, and we're never going to hear the end of it for another five years. And then after that, we'll finally be able to be like, all right, Pagani, this Good next job. car of yours better be good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see how that how long that lasts then, I guess. Yep. Crazy. All right, then. All right, Jack. It was uh, another fun podcast. Yeah. My God, how did an Absolutely. hour and 10 minutes already go past? My That's goodness. insane. That was way faster than I thought it would go. Anyways. A contract. Time flies. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you well, for coming take on. Take care. Of course. Exactly. Of course. Anytime. Maybe near the end of the season, before the end of the season, another yeah. podcast. You just let this, me know. Especially if the title fight comes down to the wire and it's not you know, yeah. a complete wash out by Hamilton and Verstappen. Right. That right. would be good to get final predictions. I'd be very much interested in that. So just let me know. Cool. All right, then. All right, man. Thank you me. take care now. Yep. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.